There is a sweet, sweet presence in this sanctuary tonight. A sweet presence. House of the Lord. Can you give our worship team a hand tonight? Thank them for leading us into the presence of God. It's an honor to have again my brother with us. He was here Sunday. And, and uh, I'm glad to have him with us tonight. Be praying for my nephew Malachi. The reason his family's not with him is Malachi um, has a, a condition with his leg. And he sees a specialist in Florida every so often. And they, they he's had, what, 12 surgeries and... And just 13 surgeries and, and not a sh- in a very short amount of time. And he's had to have both of his knees replaced. And, and um, we just want to lift him up tonight in prayer. And JB and his family. Um, he went down. He was able to go down the first time for the, the one knee. But he was not able to get off work to, to go the second time. But um, I want to thank him for being here. And it's also good. To see my my mammal, my mammal Carol, um, an anointed woman of the Lord, and and she has a lot to do with me standing here um, tonight. She is always poured into me, and her famous saying is, "I would rather my kids and my grandkids flip burgers and love Jesus than to do anything else and be successful and not love Him." Um, that's the one thing that's always stuck with me is she's always wanted us to serve the Lord. And, uh, Mamaw, I'd, I'd love to have you sing tonight, but I know you, you, you don't like to sing without Kim. So we'll let you, we'll let you slide tonight. But I, I just want to honor her. If you could, give her a hand. On behalf of me, I'm very... Very glad to have her here. If you will turn with me tonight to Romans chapter 12. Um, I will tell you that the Lord had been stirring in my heart last week uh, a message. And uh, it went right along with a pastor's message on Sunday. And I'm going to touch some of the same verses, portions of scripture that uh, he ministered on this Sunday. And I even have uh, the same title. Um, I just walked in yesterday and I said, listen, here's the deal. It goes right along with what you preach. Can I please steal your title? And he said, sure. So I'm going to take it from him tonight. Um, So we're we're going to continue to preach on a divine reset. But my subtitle tonight is The Mind. Pastor touched on... uh, what, what it means in, in this, this season that we're in, in a, a divine reset, a time of repentance, a time for a nation to turn back to God, that we need to change our mentality. We need to change how we think and how we see things. We need to change our perspective. And, and that is part of being, a, being in a season of repentance and turning back to God is, is allowing Him to transform your mind. And that's what we're going to read to you to hear tonight. Romans chapter 12. We're just going to read the first two verses here. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Someone say transformed. 
by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We'll read verse 2 again. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Say transformed. By the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let us pray. God, we come before you. We thank you for your word and its anointing and its power. God, we ask that you anoint ears to hear and hearts to receive what your word has to say for us tonight. And Lord, I ask for your anointing to fall and the Holy Spirit to preach uh, to the people tonight. And Lord, I love you and I praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And the church says, Amen. Uh, So, as many of you have noticed, this is a very familiar portion of Scripture. It's been preached on many different ways. Uh, It's been mentioned probably in a hundred messages already in this church this year. It's just a powerful portion of Scripture. Verse 1, about laying down your life. It's your reasonable service to lay down your life. I, I tell the young people, I've told the church multiple times, that everybody wants a transformed mind in verse 2, but nobody wants a laid down life in verse 1. And, and this kind of has to deal with that, but I really want to focus in on verse 2, where it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, I want to preach to you about a divine reset of the mind. A divine reset of the mind. We've all heard this text before. We've heard it again preached many different ways. But what I want you to understand is what God is speaking through the Apostle Paul in these writings. He's saying that we have to have our minds changed. We have to have our minds changed. And that word uh, that, that it says, be ye transformed by the renewing, that means the renovation of your mind, the reorganizing, the, the reconstruction of your mind. What that tells me is where there's construction, there is always demolition, right? He's got to tear down some strongholds and some thoughts in our mind so he can renovate and cultivate a space in us to change our perspective perspective, to change how we see things, to change how we live life. But what I I really want you to say is, or what I really want to say to you tonight is, Paul is saying until you allow the Holy Spirit of God to reset your understanding, your thoughts, your feelings, you will never know the perfect will, plan, or path of God for your life. He says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so you will know that good and perfect will of God. Many people in this world, especially young people, I want you to hear this tonight. There are so many people that are striving and desiring, who am I? Who am I called to be? Even in the church house, there are young people sitting under the sound of my voice tonight saying, I I know God's calling me to do something, but I, I don't even know exactly what God is calling me to do. Let me tell you, if you will allow the Holy Spirit to begin to renovate and cultivate, 
cultivate and transform your thinking, how you feel, your thoughts, how you see things. He said, I will show you the good and perfect will of God for your life. You want to know what you should be doing? Allow God to renovate your mind. You want to know what God is calling you to do? Allow God to renovate your mind. You, you, you see, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 23 and 7 that as a man thinks, so he is. How you think about yourself, how you think about others, how you think about God, how you think about the call on your life determines, your, your thinking literally determines how things can end up. I remember a story of, of two athletes, two great athletes. They were runners and they were marathon runners if I'm not mistaken. And they were both diagnosed with this deadly, uh, this paralyzing disease. It just caused many physical ailments. And one man said, you know what? I'm going to beat this. I'm going to overcome this. And he began to fight and he began to press in. And he said, I'm going to train my body and I'm going to train my mind to overcome the illness that I've been diagnosed with. The other man said, listen, I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to feel sorry for myself. I'm going to have a wrong attitude, a wrong mentality. And he was crippled up and he he just couldn't do anything for himself anymore. Years later, through through tests and, and through examining them again, their doctors found out that the man that was all shriveled up was misdiagnosed and never had the disease, but his mind told him that he could not accomplish or do what he once did. But the man that was still running marathons and had trained his mind to overcome his physical disability, it was proven that he really did have this disabling disease. But he was over able to overcome it because he reprioritized his mind. He re-examined his thought process and he said, you know what, I'm not going to have an attitude that I'm a victim. I'm not going to sit here and die in my dilemma, but I'm going to get up. I'm going to go. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to run after that which I love. And I will tell you, young people, I will tell you under the sound of my voice tonight that there is a power that God wants to pour out in your life. Adults, there's a restoration that God wants to pour out on your life. But we have to overcome our stinking thinking, our attitudes, how we see things. We have to let the Holy Spirit take over our minds. We have to let the Holy Spirit take over our minds. You see, this divine reset of the mind, this transforming of the mind, it has a lot to do, and this is what I really want to get to you tonight, has a lot to do with attitude. Attitude. What is attitude? It is a settled way of thinking. It is a settled way of thinking or feeling about something or someone. Typically, one that is reflected in a person's behavior. So what that definition is saying is that it is a settled thought in your mind and you will act out because of that thought. You will act out because of that thought. 
That's what attitude means. Literally, the word in, in Romans chapter 2, or Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, the word mind means understanding or the human thought, feeling, or will. The definition of attitude says it affects your feelings. It affects your thinking. And I want you to know that in this season, as Pastor preached on Sunday morning of a divine reset, we've got to get over some things. We've got to get over some things. We've got to get over how we feel. I know I say it a lot, but I believe that is one of the greatest keys to revival and and to receiving all that God has for you is we have to get over how we feel. Our feelings can be misleading. I'll tell you right now, I, I did something really dumb yesterday and I went and played ball with a bunch of young people for hours and my legs hurt really bad because I'm out of shape. Okay, I feel that. My legs feel that. I have to tell myself, uh, even when I'm sore, and many of you have to tell yourself when you're sore, when you're hurting, is I have to get up. Uh, I, have to go through, uh, I have to go to work. Uh, you have to make up in your mind uh, that this isn't going to paralyze you, that this isn't going to keep you down. It's a mentality. It's an attitude. And we have to develop the attitude of an overcomer. We have to develop an attitude where we say, well, I'm not a victim, but I'm a victor. We have to get past, uh, well, it's been a hard day, and and I've been really busy, and I just don't feel like worshiping. You know what a godly attitude says? Uh, I may not feel like it, but he's still worthy. You say, well, I got a bad report at the doctor. I just just don't know if I can make it. What a godly mindset and a godly attitude says, well, God's still my healer. Well, God's still my deliverer. You can say, well, I lost my job. My family is suffering. We're hurting. I don't know what we're going to do. But a godly, transformed mind and attitude says, but my God is a provider. My God said he would honor those and be a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. What happens is when you transform your mind, you transform your attitude, you transform your actions. So young people, it's not about, well, I got to go to school tomorrow and I got a quiz and I got a test I have an exam I have an essay that's due no a godly mindset says there's someone out there that needs to hear about Jesus there's someone that I need to pray for there's someone at my lunch table that needs to see the light of Jesus on the inside of me there's something that's got to change the the mindset uh, a transformed mind a godly attitude walks into the halls of your school, walks into your workplace on your job site, wherever it may be and say God it's a good day. Everything's falling apart around but God it's a good day. God you're still good. God you're still with me. God you're still protecting me. God I feel your spirit with me. God give me an opportunity. God give me an opportunity to share the gospel. What a transformed mind does is it sees life instead of death. We have to change our attitudes, how we look and see things. You see, as Pastor alluded to this on Sunday, but when the world looks at the church, what do they see? 
They, the people in the world have stress. They have anxiety. And when they look at the church, they see a church full of stress and anxiety. They look at the world and, and we look at the world and we see depression. Excuse me. And suicidal thoughts. And when the world looks at the church, they see depression and suicidal thoughts. I can't tell you the tabloids over the last year of ministers taking their life. Of ministers just saying, I've had enough. I can't go on anymore. Listen, the church needs to be a shining city on a hill. But what the world sees, as Pastor said, what the world sees when they look at the church is a reflection of itself. Church, with that comes down to having a transformed mind. That comes down to attitude. Well, why isn't God moving in the worship? Well, there's an attitude problem. Why, 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 why isn't God moving when I think He should? Well, maybe we should align our thoughts. Why isn't God doing this? Why isn't God doing that? I wonder if God ever sits up in heaven and says, why aren't you yielding to me? Why aren't you relinquishing control of your life? Why aren't you giving up that addiction? Why aren't you walking away. Why aren't you lay, laying it down on the altar and say, God, I don't want to deal with that anymore. Why, 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 God? Why? I, I wonder if God's up there saying, I'm, I'm willing. I'm wanting. I'm desiring to move. But you have to relinquish control of your attitude. They always say, my mama used to say, my brother can vouch for this. Attitude determines your altitude. Attitude, she'd say it, Mamma knows she'd say it so sophisticated because she was smart. Attitude will determine your altitude. And that, that many people take that in a business sense as well, if I have a good attitude, I'll excel in work. Let me tell you in your spiritual life, if you have a good attitude, you'll get the altitude to get over whatever you're dealing with. So many of us can't get past what they did to me or what they said about me or, or what happened to me. And listen, I, you can say, Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. I don't know what you've been through. You don't know what I've been through. Well, Pastor, you don't know what my life is like day in and out. You don't know what my life's like day in and day out. I say touche to that. But what, what I want you to understand is the Bible teaches us that you can be shipwrecked like Paul and still have the anointing. You can be down and out uh, and in the midst of a fiery furnace, uh, but God will still beat you there. My Bible still tells me uh, when the lions roar uh, that he can still shut the mouths of lions. Uh, oh, uh, but you have to have an attitude of faith. Uh, you have to have an attitude of expectancy. You have to have a transformed mind. Uh, you have to have a mind that's been renovated, uh, that's been cultivated. You have to have a mind that says, oh, uh, that responds when God's says go. Yes God that's your perfect will. I know it is. Listen young people we live in an hour where you'll do nothing but second guess yourself. Should I say something? Should I step out? Should I pray for them? Listen if you allow God to transform your thinking and transform your attitude you'll walk into school. You'll walk into this house and you say I got a word from God. I got a word from God. It's not arrogance it's confidence. It's confidence not in yourself. It's it's not confidence in your abilities. It's not confidence in your talent. 
but it's knowing that it's not by my might, it's not by my power, but it's by God's Spirit. I've got to deliver something on my life. But young people, we have to have a transformed mind. The Bible tells us how dangerous and teaches us how dangerous attitudes, bad attitudes can be. We read in Numbers chapter 13 that they've come out of the land of Egypt. And pastor, they're so close to the promised land. And Moses gets a man from each tribe. He gets 12 spies and he says, I want you to go out and spy the land. They spy the land. They bring back fruit. Uh, the people were probably excited seeing all that fruit. Oh, it's everything God promised to be. But then 10 people with a bad attitude got a whole nation to spend 40 years in the desert running around in circles because of their attitude. Attitudes are not only, are not only contagious, but attitudes kill destinies. Attitudes kill direction. How do you know that? Because the word tells us in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6 that when you acknowledge God in all your ways, He will direct your path. Why would the children of Israel spend 40 years roaming in the desert? Is because 10 people had a bad attitude and they, had, they didn't acknowledge God in anything. They didn't acknowledge the fact that He had delivered them out of Egypt. They said, Egypt's better. Slavery is better. Labor is better. And God said, well, I, I'm going to give you no direction. Because bad attitudes are not only contagious, but they kill destinies. They kill God's purpose. They kill the good and perfect will of God. You don't get the good and perfect will of God without a transformed mind, without a transformed attitude. So I pose this question to you tonight. The children of Israel... Got so close. But attitude took them out of the picture of the promise. For 40 years, a generation had to die before the people of God could inherit the promises of God. I, I want to pose this question to you tonight. What promises is God wanting to bring forth in our lives, in our families, in our churches, in our city that hinge on our attitudes? If we believe we're in a, as pastor preaching, I wholeheartedly agree with the word that God gave him. Is that we, we just came out of a season literally on the Jewish calendar of repentance and turning. And turning our lives around to God and saying we're putting away foolish things. We're coming towards you. And, and we know that there's been repentance. There was a national day of prayer full of repentance. There's repentance going on. But listen, if you want to continue to, to have God direct your path, you have to continue letting him renew and renovate your mind what promises what prayers could be answered but it all hinges on our attitude hey this is hard for me the Lord convicted me you've had a bad attitude doing this you've had a bad attitude doing this you've had a bad attitude at work you've had a bad and I was like Lord I, I feel pretty bad bad like bad 
But he was correcting me, and I said, God, God, help me. Help me walk in and smile on my face even when I don't feel like it. Help me to worship even when I don't feel the goosebumps and people aren't shouting all over the place. God, because it doesn't matter how I feel, you're still worthy. You see, what the Israelites couldn't understand in the wilderness, what, what, what they couldn't grasp a hold of, is it didn't matter how, 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 how desolate it looked. It didn't matter what, what, how, how bad it may have seemed to them in the moment. It didn't change who God was. He was still the same God that brought the plagues. He was still the same God that split the seas. He was still the same God that led by a, 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 a cloudy pillar by day and a pillar of fire by night. He was still that same God. But they refused to acknowledge Him. So therefore they had no direction. They could not inherit the promises of God because of their attitude. Because of their attitude. This world needs direction. Have you watched the news? This world needs direction. There's a generation at CHS and, and Connersville Middle School and elementary schools. There's a generation that needs direction. Teachers and school workers and, and, and anybody that, that it goes into our school says there's a generation, generation that needs direction. And in times past, people would look to the church for direction. But in the recent future, when they've looked to the church, they've only saw a church just as lost and confused as they were. Well, we just go to church and that's just what we do. And there was no power, there was no anointing. That's just what we do. But as Pastor was preaching, there, we have an opportunity here if we will open ourselves up to it, to what God wants. To what God's doing, we have an opportunity here to experience the very glory of God. But it starts in our mind. It starts in our mind. A bad attitude or a bad mentality can sit on a worship service. A bad attitude detours and detours the, the presence of God. Not having a transformed mind stalls the spiritual movement and growth. Not having a right attitude or a transformed mind can stomp out the flames of revival. And many of us get trapped by the simplest of things. A word said, a comment on a post. So many of us get stuck in, they hurt me. Do you realize that when Jesus said that if any man wouldn't doubt in his heart, would believe in his heart, wouldn't doubt in his mind, and speak unto that mountain, and be thou removed, say, be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and be done. Yeah, we shout on that. Do you know in the verses after that? But if you don't forgive your brother, what holds the church back is what we can't get over. What holds us back is what we can't get over. 
Listen, I remember there, were, there was a time I was about to preach a revival and, and there, were, there, was, there was two two family members that I had an on against and I really didn't even realize it. I, I really didn't realize how bad it was. And I remember the Lord told me, he said, if you want me to anoint you in this revival, you have to call them, confess to them that you've been bitter and that you've had a bad attitude and I'll bless you. And I had to swallow my pride, pick up the phone and say, Hey, guess what? Uh, yeah, I love you and all, but I've been upset. I've been upset for years now and I'm sorry and I need to ask you to forgive me. That's a hard conversation to have. But, but I will tell you this, my wife will say, That was one of the most anointed nights I've ever heard you preach. And it was all because I was willing to get over something. I was willing to change my mind about something. You see, attitude is a mind that is settled. We've got to get settled on the Word of God instead of getting settled on the things of this world, which is sifting sand. Attitude is everything. Attitude is expectancy. It's faith. It's desire. I want to read you a quick story. In 2 Samuel chapter 19. I know a few weeks ago we talked about Absalom's rebellion against his father. We preached on that. But there was a, a powerful story. After the battle is over, Absalom's dead. The victory has been won. How many knows that the enemy likes to work at the end of the victory? Anybody? Anybody can testify to that? That when you thought the battle was over, the next one begun. When you was weary and when you was tired. is When the enemy came, the same thing happened to David. Verse 1 of chapter 19 in 2 Samuel. And it was told to Joab, which was David's right hand man. Behold, the king weepeth and mourneth for Absalom. And the victory that day was turned into mourning. Catch that. The victory of that day was turned into mourning. Why? Because of an attitude. The victory of that day was turned into mourning until all, uh, until all the people. For the people heard, uh, people heard say that that day that how the king was grieved for his son. And, and the people got them by stealth and, and that day into the city. And, and the people being ashamed steal away and they flee in battle. He said, he said their mentality because of the king and his bad attitude, their mentality was as if they had lost the battle. Their mentality because of the attitude of King David was as if they lost. They were ashamed. And the king covered his face and cried with a loud voice, Oh, my son Absalom, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. You see, the Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 30 and verse 5 that, that, it, that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. But how many knows a bad attitude can turn joy into weeping? He turned a victory into a defeat. And you say, what's that? By all means... By all means, on all physical accounts, all, all human accounts, David had a right to be upset. 
you may have a right, you may have a right to be bitter. On, on human standards, you may have a right to be upset because they did you wrong. You may have a right. David had just lost his son. He'd been through a, a civil war. He wasn't in his home. He, he wasn't in Jerusalem. His, his family was on the run. Uh, there was just all this chaos and all this drama in his house. Uh, if David was alive today, he would be on TV. It would be a series. Uh, it, it would be keeping up with David and his, his, his sons. Okay, It would be something totally out there. Everybody would be all about it because there was nothing but drama and turmoil in his house. He had every right to be upset. He had every right to be bitter. But what he, what, what he didn't realize is that in him and having the attitude of being bitter and being downtrodden and not having a right mind, he was destroying his people. He was destroying his people. He was destroying lives around him because he could not, he couldn't realize that this was bigger than him. You see, so often, he, he, so often, this is what we do. This is exactly what David did. So often, we look at the situations around us and say, Well, I lost them, and they walked out of my life, and they hurt me, and I, I've been so hurt by all these bad relationships, and, and he broke up with me, and he said this about me, or she said that about me. Well, I posted a selfie, and they didn't like it, and I'm hurt, and all these things, and we come up with all these things, and David, Joab goes to David kind of kicks him uh, metaphysically and he, and he says listen he says get your act together get your act together why because you're leading this people you turned a victory into a defeat what you're focusing on is everything that you've lost and you don't realize that you're about to lose the kingdom he said you have to get over this you have to get over this. Why? Because you're leading. You're leading somebody. You're leading somebody. Let me put this into perspective for you. Cameron, I need your help. Elijah, I need your help. TJ, I need your help. All the girls here, stand up. Get behind them. You boys come here. Let me, let me just put this in perspective. We're going this way. Pastors lead, right? That's what we have, we have praise and worship leaders. We have pastors that lead. We have people that lead. But what you don't realize is that you lead every day in your workplace. You lead every day in your schoolhouse. So the Bible tells us in, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 that we need to lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. Why? Why? He tells us because there's a race to run. And if you hold on to things and you don't get over things and you get bitter about things and you get a bad attitude about things, you can't move. So if I allow... Bitterness to latch on, hug me. If I allow, if I allow my past to hold on, if I allow opinions of other people to hold on, now what, what I want you to do, I'm going to go towards that door and you're going to stop me, okay? I'm a big boy, but you can do it, all right? I believe in you, okay? Okay, if I'm leading them and I'm way down, I can't do anything. David was like, 
It's so hard. I can't get over it. It hurts. It hurts. I don't know why they said that. I don't know why it didn't go the way I thought it should have went. I don't know why they look at me that way. I don't know why they think I'm a bad preacher. I don't know why they think I can't sing. I don't know why. I don't know why. And then God, and Joab comes to him and he says, look, we're going nowhere because of your attitude. Because of your attitude, you can't get over. You can't get over the opinions. You can't get over your past. You can't get over what other people have said. You can't get over it. So therefore, you can't lead the kingdom. Joab goes to him in the next few verses, and he says to him, you're about to lose the kingdom. If you don't get out there and start leading, if you don't get out there in the gate and say, we're going home, we're going back to the presence of God, we're going to Jerusalem. Listen, we have come too far. The Spirit of God has moved in this house over the last few months. We have come too far for every weight and every sin to so easily beset us because there's a generation that needs to be led into the kingdom of God. You guys can sit down. Thank you. Give him a hand tonight. I become ineffective to those around me. You become ineffective in your workplace and in your family when you allow everything to attach itself to your life. When you refuse to transform your mind, come to the music tonight. Church, I'm telling you, I mean this with every fiber in me. We have come too far not to see revival. You have fasted and you have prayed too much not to experience the glory of God. And and listen, it's not for us. It's for them. It's for the people outside these walls. It's for the glory of God. David was about to lose the kingdom. And church, we're about to lose a generation because of our attitude. And Joab, his name literally means Jehovah fathered. God fathered. He came down to David and he said, Son, I love you too much to let you stop here. David, you've faced the giants. You have faced the obstacle. You have faced everything head on. But you can't allow this to keep you down. Your attitude is going to destroy the kingdom. Your attitude is going to destroy the kingdom. Church, I know you may have every earthly right to feel like a victim. I could sit around and, Pastor, I'm sure you could do the same. And, and, and if we wanted to, we could sit around and think about every negative thought or every negative comment someone's given us. Could. Or every comment that you shouldn't be doing it that way. You can get caught up in that stuff. Listen, I know. I know this personally. You can get caught up. You can get caught up in grief. You can get caught up 
your past. You can get caught up. And it's all in your mind. But Timothy, Paul warned Timothy. In 2 Timothy, he said, now listen, you need to endure hardness as a good soldier. For a good soldier doesn't entangle himself with the cares of this life. Why? Because when you entangle yourself with the things of this world, you can't move. You can't grow. Young people, if you allow fear to keep you down, you, you won't grow. If you allow anxiety to hold you back from speaking when God gives you a word, or for exhorting, or whatever it may be, praying with a, a, a fellow a classmate, or whatever it may be, when you allow anxiety to silence you, you've made a weight on your spiritual life, and you're stunning your spiritual growth. We're in a divine reset. But as pastor preached, we have to reset our mind. We have to focus on what's important. We say it time and time again, but listen, we can't be too busy. We've come too far not to see revival. I've come too far not to see lost loved ones get saved. I've come too far to turn back now. So I'm just going to be a little bit like Joab tonight. And I could just hear Joab because Joab didn't cut any corners with David. You read their relationship. Joab was, was one of those guys that could walk into the king, the king, and say, you ain't right. He was like a father to David. His name literally means God fathered. And he came in and I can, I can almost hear him saying, get over it. Attitude, altitude, get over it. I'm not saying, listen... I'm not saying that there's things in our life that we shouldn't remember. No. But there's things in our life that shouldn't hold us captive. If you'll stand with me tonight. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 16... After Saul had disobeyed God, the Lord comes to Samuel in the first verse of that chapter and he says, How long will you mourn, Saul? He said, Get over it. We've got to move forward. He literally said, Go to Bethlehem. Joshua comes on the scene and God has to prod him and he tells him in verse 2 of chapter 1 and pastor referenced this a little bit he said Moses my servant is dead now arise and go go over this Jordan 
thou and this people unto the land which I do give thee, give them even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. Where the sole of your feet trod, it can be yours, but you got to get over it. What the enemy's been lying to you about for the last few months, young person, you got to get over it. It's a lie. The rumors, you got to get over it. It's a lie. And when you hold on to those things, literally stunning your spiritual growth. Have a renovated, transformed mind that when you see obstacles, you say, my God's bigger than this. That when you face fear, say, my God's bigger than this. David the boy going out to face Goliath, the attitude of, my God is bigger than this. Jesus was faced with all of our sins. And he said, I'm bigger than this. For the joy that was set before him. That's what Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 goes on to say. For the joy that was set before him. That was you. That was the cross. That was your redemption. Jesus died so you could get over the hurdle of sin. Death. So who wants to reset their mind tonight? Who's willing to say in this house tonight that I know Sunday service was awesome and you're willing to say, yeah, it was awesome, but Monday came and I didn't feel so good anymore. Tuesday came and I really didn't feel good. And Wednesday, today was awful. If you're willing to say, I need my mind reset. What's at stake? Why is it a big deal to have a renewed mind? Have a renewed attitude, a transformed attitude? It's because revival, restoration, what God wants to do. God's always been willing, but He's just waiting. What God is wanting to do hangs in the balance, and it's all on our attitude. Greetings, everyone. Pastor Ron, just coming on to say thank you for joining us today. I do pray that we was a blessing to you. And I invite you to continue to follow us on Facebook, Instagram. I invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Please do that. Uh, We would be appreciative of that. But just thank you for joining us today. I do pray that the blessings of the Lord would be upon you and yours. God bless you.